your eyes up, don't get all tied up Hope you wise up the multiple lies of the multi-faceted, multi-complex system of living that people are living Stuck in inertia, that's a diversion, government worship, instead we are searching Ancient mysteries, ancient history, sacred energy, and how to discern it Human autonomy, truth and philosophy, UFOlogy, human psychopathy, super anomalies, human ecology You got lobotomies up in your consciousness, all the thoughts that we've been dancing around The system wants to blow your candle out, but we won't let it We reject it with our pathetic lies, so we chant it down Another swap cast with unlocking the code and myself, Loomis of Chanit Down. The land down under meets the island chain in the middle of nowhere. And once again, we're back with another swap cast. This one is all about that bright ball we see at night about three weeks out of the year. The moon staring right at you. Every day, affecting your mood, affecting the planet's energies. What is the moon doing there? How did it get there? Why is it different than all the other moons in the solar system? Is it artificial? Did we even go there? We're going to take a look at this and more, trying to find impossible answers with small puzzle pieces because that's all we have to work with. But what we have to work with does paint a picture that can be plainly seen, that you can't really ignore, and it connects to ancient history. There was a time before the moon in the distant memories of civilizations and on this planet. The more you study the moon, the more you will become aware that it, is a, that it is an orb of mystery, a great luminous cyclops that swings around the earth as though it were keeping a celestial eye on human affairs. Frank Edwards, science writer. So you can connect this episode to some of my own here on Chanet Down in the Beyond Earth series where I have 25 parts as of this recording and counting be more please help support both of our podcasts these are labors of love if you feel like joining our patreon accounts that's good or go on our websites support support helps or simply help our algorithms give us good reviews you know if you enjoy the material and you're getting value from this show there are many ways to help you know it's great you listen but we do need the help in these times spread the word but enjoy the moon enjoy this mystery
Welcome, everyone, to another swap cast between Triffin of Unlocking the Code and myself, Loomis of Chant It Down. We put a pin on the moon in our first swap cast a while back, and now yes. we're taking that pin out, and we're going to mm -hmm. flesh out that mysterious light in the sky we see about three weeks out of the year, and we're mm -hmm. going to really talk about this mysterious thing. So how you doing, Triffin? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Christmas is incoming, but it's good, man. It's good. This will be I, – I thought I'd recorded my last podcast for the year, but this is the official one, last one, and I know it's your birthday tomorrow, mate, so happy right. birthday. Thank you. Uh, thank well, you. Well, thank when you. we record this anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, look, I'm okay, man. I'm okay. I'm looking forward to jumping into the moon. Take me to the moon, man. What are we oh. going to – I mean, what, the moon is interesting. Its size, its composition, where it sits, what it does. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I know you found your notes, brother. So where, where are we going to go first? What do you want to do? Well, let's just talk about maybe maybe we should get into where, how the moon was formed. Because, mm. you know, when I first started investigating the moon, I started looking into it and like I was thinking, oh, they have they have it all worked out, the scientists, right? Well, they mm -hmm. actually don't have this one worked out. There's about Ooh. four theories. Um, for, for Let's go with the first one. The first, the first one's called fission theory. That it was once part of the Earth, and it came from, they think, the Pacific base, Basin, basically where I live here in the middle of the ocean. And yep. that's why there's this empty space in the Pacific here where we have, you know, all these little islands. Um, I don't vibe with that one too much myself. Um, it's, it you know, what happened to break this thing out of the ocean and bring mm. it there it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me but that's the first one the fission theory they call it yeah it's interesting i mean how do they i, I remember that one right so it's like you know and we're going to run into the same issue with a lot of these theories right it's like how okay cool it, it we we crashed into the something crashed into us and rebounded and that's the moon or something broke away from the planet and now that's the moon but it ended up being a perfect circle man so yeah you know, did a ball unplug itself? You know, what I mean, is that what we're saying? You know what I mean? Or, or, or what are we doing? Um, you know, it, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting, right? I mean, yeah, the, the, well, I mean, why there's a big hole on one side of the planet? You know, it's like, I think it's one, there's a meme I've got, and it's like there's one side of the planet where it's just ocean, right? And you're in the middle mm -hmm. of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and no one really thinks about that, that there's pretty much you know, one third of the planet is just, open ocean and it is very deep but if you if it was going to be yeah i mean how would that happen i mean if you just try and flesh that out physically was it volcanic or what 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 is the fission did you what's the actual theory do you know like no i i mean that's away just, from the planet they don't have that is a really loose theory and most scientists don't um that's not go the popular one no, nope. mm. and they they say because of the extra baking on the lunar surface the extra baking and of from the sun it doesn't make sense that it was be that new and then i mean if you this is sort of a sidetrack but if you go on to like um into the sunken continent of mulamiria yes um you know that makes more sense to me than a big chunk coming out of earth in this part of the the world we live in i mean you, you yeah, live at the bottom absolutely. of that chunk really australia yeah, so that's right yeah you know um and these tops of these mountains, I mean, that's what these islands are, just tops mm -hmm. of big giant mountains underwater. Mm -hmm. So to me, that doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
that no, one. look, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't run with that one. I mean, you know, the isostatic depression of the plates and and the, and the cataclysmic nature of the universe that we live in. Um, yeah, absolutely. You got Lemuria, you got Mu, and yeah, that all that makes much more sense than uh, than a, yeah than a plug being sucked out and now yeah. it's the moon. Yeah. No. So what what's what's number two? What's number two? Number two I, look, I'm the, not. We're not vibing with number one. That, that's no. Not, that's not. I don't actually vibe with any of them, and I'll tell you why. But afterwards, this is the capture theory. So this is where the moon oh, yes. was formed somewhere else in the solar system, mm-hmm. and the Earth's mm-hmm. gravitational pull captured it. Well, if you mm-hmm. think about it, and and this is what scientists probably say too. I think it would have to slow down just at the right time. Here you have this yes. object coming into the Earth's orbit and just slows down, stops. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. Um, it it's better than the last one, but I, it I don't is know. it is think? better than the last one. It is it, it and it would be. You could come up with some plausible theories as to how that would happen. Um, you know, maybe the the moon was spinning across our orbit, and it basically it hooked in the right at the right time and created a and and went around our planet. However, you're discounting the size of the moon. Okay. Yeah. Our moon, if we found our moon external to us, it would be a, a planetoid or a planet. Okay. That's how large it is. And as far as the observations of the other planets are concerned, yeah, they have large moons. I mean, but Jupiter's something a million times the size of Earth, apparently. However, um, and they have moons that has moons the size of our planet. But if you compare the moons of Jupiter to the size of Jupiter, the moon, our moon is way too big for us. Yeah. Uh, and it's rotation as well, right? I mean, that we've got to get into the rotation, the fact that we only see one side of the moon the entire time. Um, so, yeah, look, I could see maybe how that could take place. Uh, I mean, okay, here's a different theory. What? If, okay, what if that happened, but it's a different period of time where the magnetic field on Earth was stronger? Right, mm. so that's that's our gravitational, magnetic, electromagnetic field, right? And it's th- theoretically caught within that. So if our field was stronger for whatever reason, then potentially it could have captured uh, something like that. But then, if you follow that line of thinking, as the field got less, then the moon would fall into the planet. You know what I mean? So true. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. Mm. It's more plausible than number one, though. It is. It is. And I I mean, I guess you can think, well, how did all the other planets get moons? So Mm -hmm. they, but our moon is different, as we'll get into here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make much sense. But for now, we'll kind of pause that one, maybe come back to it. Here's the third one it's called the condensation theory. And basically, it formed at the same time as the Earth in like a nebula, but, you know, and, and then they, came together as one thing. So, and they, so they were spat out of the nebula together or something. Is mm-hmm. that what we're saying? But why aren't they made of, of the same composition? That's that's the question mm. I, I wrote down. Why mm. why is the moon just lifeless so looking anyway compared to Earth? And why doesn't it have water and and no atmosphere? I, you know, there's there's too many questions and I don't know. It's a mm. possibility. I just don't know about that one. What do you think? Look, I mean, you're getting into celestial dynamics now, aren't you? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously there's so many tangents with this. The fact that the moon and the sun and the earth 
are in the exact precise alignment to cover each other uh, is near, pretty much impossible, okay? However, it, it is. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's something like if the solar system was one or two degrees off what it is now, it, we wouldn't be here having this conversation, right? It'd be total chaos, okay? Where Jupiter is, you know, stopping the asteroids and the comets and, you know, all that stuff. Like our celestial dynamics within our solar system is perfect for us to exist uh, within this space, okay? Yeah. So if, you, if, if you're going to say something like that, does that mean that it got spun out of the nebula together or everything got spun out of the nebula together and, you know, or is it the sun's magnetic field is perfect enough to to grab all the planets within that space as well, okay? Because, I mean, you've got to bring in the sun's gravitational field as well. What effect is that having on the moon? Um, right. Yeah, but was it all sped out of the nebula and then sort of just like a bunch of pool balls sorted itself out? Jeez, yeah. You're sort of playing God there, aren't you? You know, you're looking down on on a bunch <laughs> of planets. And, oh yeah, one there and one there, and yeah, yeah. Give it a spin. Yeah, perfect. There you go. All Leave right. it. It's good. <laughs> I mean, if you do look at our 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 solar system, it does look like some shit happened. Like you got the asteroid belt outside of Mars. You got oh yeah, Jupiter. Is it on its side? No. I think it's no, uh, no. So Jupiter's 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 okay. Saturn, Uranus, Uranus, you, you, Uranus, Uranus is on its side. Not, not, yeah, not, your, not Uranus or no. my Uranus or yeah. Uranus. Uranus is on its side. <laughs> I think um, Venus is upside down. Mm. Um, it spins backwards. That's what it is. It spins isn't? backwards. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's upside down and backwards. Um, Uranus is on its side. Neptune. Well, see, the thing is, Neptune has its own rings now. We, we, you know, what we grew up, Neptune didn't have any rings, whereas actually it oh, does. Yeah, it does. It's huh? got a, it's got, it's got light rings around the the vast outside of it. Um, I mean, you got the celestial, you got the solar wobble as well. Um, they pretty much, they think that Planet Nine exists, right? Which you know, depending mm. on which belief system you are, uh, you know, which perspective you have, could be Nibiru. Uh, which is on an elongated orbit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the other thing about the stars and the planets and stuff, like, and, you know, it's you draw comparisons to, you know, we were in the Kali Yuga, the time of chaos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, basically, the last time the stars were, stars were as they are now and all the planetary alignments and all that sort of thing was the fall of the Roman Empire, okay? So, I mean, you know, there's a whole – celestial mechanics thing as to as above so below you know what happens to us here on earth uh is reflected in the stars and i mean you know you could say that that asteroid belt between mars and jupiter uh was a planet if you to believe certain ancient cultures it was a planet there was a planet in between there and that's the leftovers of the planet yeah um you know there was a war on mars you know what i mean that's why mars looks like a half peeled orange um yeah i mean there's so many rabbit holes but there look, is. what's uh uh what do we say where are we up to number three or number four yeah number three that was three that was the condensation theory number four and this is the one that scientists agree with the most and i don't agree with this i i could actually take a couple of the other ones back we talked about versus this one but this is called the mm. giant 
impactor theory. Yes. And it's yeah. when a small planet struck the Earth, ejecting mm-hmm. material from both Earth and the moon, and the matter eventually stuck together, forming the satellite we see today. Well, the thing is, like, how would all of this form such a perfect ball? Wouldn't we see like yeah. cracks in it? And you know, I, I it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. And and yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's and the the perfect orbit we have, I mean, other moons in the solar system that have been captured have an uneven orbit, which yes. makes more sense. Ours is perfect. Mm-hmm. And so that's the one that scientists, you know, think the most. But then you look at like they really don't. Yeah, that's know. the that's the that's the one you would get taught in school. That's the yeah. that's the, the yeah. rebound theory or whatever you want to call it, right? Where one mm-hmm. the earth may have been larger. And it, another planet crashed into us, and the, and the rebound effect created the moon. And that, that's the one you'll be taught in universities and, and schools and stuff like that. And I think the thing, the problem with all these theories, Loomis, is we've never seen them. No, you know what I mean. Like these are all theories. They are. You know, in fact, majority. You know, as we both understand, in the rabbit hole, there is most theories are just theories. There's no practical understanding of how that would actually work and it's never been observed in space you know it's just basically i think the numbers add up man the math adds up um but the other thing about these theories is and these with all theories is is it approved is it is it part of the approved narrative and who has the theory and what what power do they have to influence that theory you know uh and i think that's a big part of it as well you know, whoever came up with that theory was probably a renowned scientist. He made up some math that made it work, uh, yeah. and therefore we have proof. And that's it. That's how it is, right? Uh, that's that's the now the narrative that is included in the education Western educational system, uh, and that's what we have to put up with. But I mean, again, how? Show me. Like I know there'd be computer generated models and stuff now, but how does it all end up? So number one. What kind of impact are we talking about that stuff shoots from Earth into space and what what did that do to the planet, right? right? And then number two, again, how does it end up as a perfect spheroid, right? Right. It, 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 how do we – and it, not only is it a perfect spheroid, it's the perfect size to give us eclipses. You know, this yeah. is the – this is the that's the big problem with the moon. That's a good point, yeah. Right? It, is it, it, is it's, it, it's perfect like that. And it matches our rotation, and no other moon does that. No other observed moon matches the rotation of the planet that it exists on, okay? Uh, And that's weird, right? I mean, I know for for many years, I thought the moon just didn't move, right? I, I, I know, you know, in my younger days, I thought, what, is it just, I thought it was just glued there. (laughs) <laughs> right and just and just sort of went around with us you know what i mean uh and then i realized then it was explained to me that it that it kind of rotates exactly with us which i just i've 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 umbraged with that like i i how right how come we means, never the other side of it how come it's yeah. always facing the same side as this doesn't yeah. or it doesn't rotate well it does rotate but, but it rotates so when, like like so it's daytime here yeah so currently the dark side of the moon is above us or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's if, if it's the right thing, okay? No, sweetheart. Just well, no. Yeah. You. Well, then let's go on to the next one here. And this is the one that sounds crazy, 
but mm. I might buy it just as much as anything else, but I'm, I'm open-minded to it anyway. And that there is mm. the moon is a hollowed out spaceship theory. Yes. It sounds crazy. It does hollow. sound crazy. They, they say the crash, if, if you're, if you're to believe, and we'll get into this in a little bit, the, mm -hmm. the Apollo 11 and the moon landings, but they say yeah. when they crashed the lunar module of Apollo 11 into the moon in 1969, and it rang like a bell for a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And then in 2009, they bombed the moon with they, a two-ton kinetic yeah. weapon to search for water, and it rang for three hours. Yeah. So um, there's, there's, I mean, I mean, we, we'll get into the moon landings in a little bit, I suppose. But like for now, like just to say, if that is true that they did, mm -hmm. and it rang twice for a long time, and there's, there's this. I'll, I'll just share this real quick. It's a, it's a. I think it's a science fiction writer, but yep. he has this. He goes. As outrageous as the moon is a spaceship brought here by aliens theory is, it is the only theory that is supported by all the data, and there are no data that contradict his this theory. This guy's mm. name is Ronald Reger. I don't I don't mm. really know him, but I'm just thinking like so that's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Um it's the, yeah, weird, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, the, the question is, and we sort of spoke about a little bit with, within within those theories, is how do you park a planetoid, which is what mm -hmm. the moon is, right? How do you park a planetoid in the perfect spot, mm -hmm. right? Close enough so it doesn't fall, you know, further away so it doesn't fall into the earth and close enough that it's exactly the exact same diameter as the planet and the sun uh, when they cross each other's path, Okay. I mean that's millimeter perfect. Okay, you, you yeah. can't. It, it's not like it's off by an inch, right? So, how do you do that? It, it to say that it was parked there, it's kind of makes sense. Explain to me how it got there. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, with the rebound theory. Let's go with the, the common narrative, right? With so it rebounded just enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. And how long ago was that? And what was the magnetic strength of the of the Earth's field with that? But also, and I you know, don't know whether you want to go there now. There is multiple ancient cultures that talk of a time where the moon wasn't here. Well, let's get right into that because that that flows right into this. Because mm. if you think just one thing though, back to the that theory that everybody colleges and the academics accept is okay. Mm. So if there was. Uh, a big explosion, a planetoid hit Earth, then and it formed the moon. Wouldn't there be fragments of that still exactly. around the Earth? You know, we'd, exactly. we'd probably yeah. have our own little ring around it. Exactly. So. That, that, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, and I have mm -hmm. thought about that. So either there either there is fragments. Either we should have our own rings. You would think mm -hmm. if that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. But then, what's the theory that you know? Because that would be a question I would ask. Right, that's the logical, critical thinking question. Sure. How did all the fragments and then turn into a, a as I said, a perfect spheroid? Right. It's a smooth, um, polished ball, perfect. And the other thing about the hollow moon theory uh, is the depth of the craters on the moon only goes so far. Yes. Doesn't matter yeah. how large the crater is. That's not like there's massive depth variance. In craters, right? I mean, the Tycho crater is 87 kilometers wide, and it's the same depth as some of the smaller ones, right? So there's there's something hit the moon to cause a crater that is 87 kilometers, or you know, best part of 50 miles wide, right? Mm -hmm. 
and it's not very deep. Yeah. You know, what's the size of the thing that actually caused it to happen, right? And then if you said that you'd put something that large on Earth to create a 50-mile-wide crater, the the depth of the crater would vary. I mean, that's how we're finding all these different craters. You know, the Yucatan right. crater they thought was an ocean basin, but it's not. It's a, it's a crater, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to take into account the depth of the craters as well, and they seem to be fairly uniform. Uh, across the moon, um, which doesn't make sense because it's not like the same thing hits the moon over and over and over again, yeah? No. Uh, it'll be different compositions. I mean, meteorites, you know, you can tell the composition of a of an asteroid or a meteorite when it comes through the sky because of the trail that it leaves. You know, there's green and orange and yellow, and they think that that's different compounds, you know, but they'd have different densities and, and all that sort of stuff. Um you know, the other thing with the moon as well is it's been peppered. It's been peppered. How many craters are on the moon? You know? I know. It's, um, it's pretty crazy stuff, mate. It's pretty crazy stuff. It's been through stuff. some battle. It's been through some, some wars. And the Earth mm. seems fairly – I mean, yeah, it's been through some wars too, but it, the moon's just been battered and battered. Mm. Uh, and considering that the Earth doesn't look like the moon, it's almost like it came here battered. It's been through some shit, and then it came yeah. here. But yeah. – that's basically saying that at the same depth of all the craters is saying that the center of it, the core of it, it there's a certain point where things hit and it can't get any deeper. So the, the, there must be something inside there that stops these craters from going deeper. Yeah. Well, here's a, um, can you enable sharing for me, Loomis? Yeah. Um, um, cause yeah, look, I, I, I thought of what I could do is I've just got to, to, to inspire us. I've actually got a photo of the moon. Like I've got a little telescope that we can um, – right, um, oh, here you go. There you go. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, so, yes. yeah, this is this is the Tycho crater, okay? Yeah. This is the Tycho crater, the one that you see in the, the upper right there, and that's yeah. 87 kilometres wide, right? Then if you look at the other craters, they're all same depth. It doesn't matter how big or small they are. Right. They're pretty much the same depth which means what is the moon made out of if it's not penetrating, if the, the, if the large objects aren't penetrating deeper, what are we talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's interesting, mate. It's interesting. So, sorry, but I'll, tell you, well, I just thought, well, I'll just leave that in the background. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, this uh, will become a then, video someday because I got some images to share at the end that, that people will want to see. But for now, yeah. since this is just going to be audio, I'll probably put those links under the description of this um yeah, well, and I'll, use, and I'll, I'll, send, I'll, and I'll yeah. send you this photo that we're using now, and maybe we use that as the tag for the uh, for the show. Yeah, this is this. I took this photo in my front yard through a telescope that I can plug my DSLR into. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's a cool photo. Uh, it's a and one out of the personal archives, mate. That's uh, awesome. So Zulu. Where we going? Uh, Zulu oh, no. Um, actually, well, we could go there, but I was just going to share some of the Greek. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Greek. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, the Zulus is the one that I've got the, the download of information from the Zulu culture that I'm remembering. So, yeah, the Greeks as well. Take us there. All right. Wait, how did I? I need to get out of this. Oh, let's see. oh you need me to. You want to go? Okay. Oh, yeah. so, there we go. Now, I just got to read it. There go. we go. There. So, yeah, it was because um, I don't remember all these names. Uh, inhabitants of Arcadia were also known as Procellarius. I'm probably not saying that right, meaning mm -hmm. those that were before the moon in Greek. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Greek region of Arcadia 
Um, Aristotle writes that the Pelagians, I'm butchering again, lived in the area since very old times at a time when the moon did not exist. So that's interesting. And then another Greek name, Apollo, Apollo Neos, Apollo, there's that Mm. there, before the cataclysm, that's what that means, when the moon did not exist and the only humans that existed were the Pelasgians living on the mountains of Arcadia region in Greece. Mm. So that's interesting. Now, that what would that be? That would probably be like whispers from a culture way back when, because Mm. the Greeks, like I say, are newer than Egypt, newer than especially the Sumerians and Babylon and stuff. So we're looking at a probably, you know, whispers of legends that came from way back when there was mm. people on this earth that said, yeah, the people before the moon, the, before it was in our heavens. Mm. Well, one of the things that uh, I know, uh, Laura, the megalith hunter, she's, uh, she's excellent. Uh, she's in Malta, but she's spending being a lot of time in Sicily and because uh, she's, she's just a hop, skipping a jump from there. Uh, and she's finding a lot of uh, cyclopean walls or polygonal masonry is actually found all across uh, the bottom of Italy, uh, all up through Italy into Greece, uh, and then the Greeks built on top of that, right? But then they also had the technology to move the Parthenon. Um, but I think, yes, I think these stories are, are, are echoes on echoes. You're right? So it's yeah. like yeah. you – you know, if you're doing a hearts and minds thing, right, when you, you don't come over and just kill everybody, you come over and you go, hey, what are your traditions? Let's adapt your traditions into the universal culture that we're trying to build so we can continue your story. Uh, and, you know, this is where some of these older stories come from. I mean, you've got to remember that, you know, the, the, the ancient Greek and the Roman times prior to the Abrahamic faiths uh, were very open Right, you know, you, you went if you went to modern day Athens or or Rome, there would be temples to multiple gods and and multiple cultures and multiple religions, and you know there was a, it was a bit more um, egalitarian than yeah. we actually give it credit for. Um, yes, slavery existed in those times, but slavery still exists now. So it's yeah. not like these, you know, and then. And, and, they they weren't uh, they weren't real picky about who they who they enslaved back then. Um, however, they they were more egalitarian, I think, and there was more in this previous culture. I think there was more about honouring the past, right? I think we still we still truly remembered the cataclysm, right? And we remembered what happened, and uh, and it was it was it was a it was a higher echo, you know. And the bottom line is, Loomis, we both know that. Those societies back then. Look, I I, I have uh, Greek heritage, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And looking into the Greeks and all that sort of stuff, you know, they say they invented trigonometry and all these sorts of things. Look, the wogs out there aren't going to like me for this, but I, I think they stole it, man, or they found it. You know what I mean? I think the a good spot's a good spot, Loomis, as we like to say here at UTC. Right. So if Athens is a good spot, it was a good spot. Before the Greeks figured out it was a good spot, right? If Rome, you know, if the, if Italy's a good spot, it's a good spot, mate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A good spot. Humans is a good spot. It's a good spot. Stonehenge I think underneath, was a good spot too, and Stonehenge yes, is yeah. As you say Stonehenge is a good spot, yeah. right? You yeah. know, or yeah, you know, think about you know, well, even where you are, mate, Hawaii is a good spot, yeah. right? That's a it's a good spot in between in between the oceans, yeah, and it was probably a good spot when it was a land of Mu. 
as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think what we're seeing is echoes on echoes. Uh, yeah. With these cultures, I mean, do they give a time frame? Have you got any time frames with this sort of stuff? As far as to, was it just prior to the cataclysm? Because then the question well, is, you go prior to the cataclysm, which one, Loomis? Right, I think that's you know, true. In the, yeah, in yeah. the last two hundred thousand years, I think uh, Randall Carlson says that there's been at least thirty, you know, extinction level or semi-extinction level events. Which one are you talking about? On which side of the planet were you when you, when it went down? You know what I mean, like. It's hard to say because Aristotle wrote, writes about the these people, the Pelagians, mm. who lived in very old times. So this is whispers of a culture that he was hearing about. So mm -hmm. a long time ago, you know, uh, mm. hard to say. But if we go to the other side of the world, we go to Bolivia, and I've been close. I haven't been there, but there is the site of Tiwanaku, which is near Pumapunku. And um, there's a courtyard called Kalasasaya, and it, they think it was built in 13,000 BC. And mm -hmm. the symbols on the wall of the courtyard provide evidence that the moon came into orbit around the Earth at a specific moment in that time, thousands of years ago. So I find that interesting because the walls of that court courtyard have mysterious faces in them, too, um, if we're going to get into, you know, different beings and of course we have not far away the paracas skulls so it's a very interesting thought that these people had some that's a very old very old place and the people that um that have gone there that are not just regular academics have done some ground radar penetration and found that those sites go way down into caverns yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we're just, yeah, we're yeah, seeing yeah. the top of this. Just thing. scratching so this, the surface, man. Yeah. Just, mm -hmm. Well, it comes back to a good spot's a good spot, Loomis. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That is a good spot. And it's, right? been, so one it's, for, it's been one for a long time, right? I mean, yeah. I think anywhere there's a, you know, even through to today, anywhere there's a major Catholic cathedral, most of the time it's built on a burial ground. You know what I mean? Like they, they, yep. it, it, they, they go layers upon layers upon layers. What is the um, – within that courtyard, why do they say that the, – you know, he's talked about the faces. I mean, you can't leave out the Paracas skulls. I mean, one of the ones, just to divert quickly, it's like how many different hominids have been identified? Yeah, sure. Some of them are very loosely identified, like it's a pinky bone or a tooth or something like that, and that's yeah. a new human, which is – I won't get into how ridiculous that is. But if we're to believe there's 24 – or 25 different hominids that have been identified on this planet, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and I think they leave the Paracas skulls out of that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the one thing about the Paracas skulls that I, I'm – like the Paracas is like the moon, right? I've wanted to come back to the moon for a long time. And I've, I've got sort of – yeah, on this laptop and the other, the studio laptop, I've got three or four pages on Paracas. Where's the mm -hmm. bodies for the Paracas skulls? Where are the bodies? Right. I mean, we talked about this before, but you know, yeah. Um, where's the skeleton? Okay, you know what I mean. Like, what is the, what did the skeleton look like? How tall were these people? Right. I mean, you think about old times as well, um, prior to the moon and different cultures. I mean, a lot of that stuff in South America, there's a lot of skull binding and stuff like that, and you know, they are doing that to look like the gods. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the Paracas skulls are different. Um, so they're saying 13 plus thousand years ago. So we're saying as a rough thing, are we saying that that's 
the moon wasn't here prior to the cataclysm. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that could be pre-flood if you want to go with that because yep. a lot of alternative um, theorists and a lot of people have put it together. The flood was approximately 12,000 years ago. We don't know yeah, exactly, yeah. but yeah. Well, the uh, thing is, if you're talking about pulse A or pulse B, right, this is the whole point as well. When we talk about the cataclysm, people forget that there was two, right? There was the first one 12,800 years ago-ish, yeah? Yeah. Which is what reset the planet, okay? If there was an advanced civilization that existed prior to the cataclysm, they were totally fine one day, and then somewhere around the end of October, a bunch of rocks came out of the sky, smashed into the ice shelf, okay, uh, and then the world ended, yeah? yeah. Then there was – 1,200 years of darkness between 12,800 and 11,600, 1,200 years of ice age, and then at 11,600, something else happened and it cleared the skies, okay? And then that's now we are the survivors of that, whatever happened 11,600 years ago. Um, so, you know, people forget that it's there wasn't one, there was two. There was the one, there was the reset, and then there was the the rejig, I suppose you could call it, right? Where it where it cleared the skies. Um, yeah. And we are the survivors of that. So which one are you talking about? Who knows? But again, I mean, how far back do you want to go? If if you to believe the timelines, which I don't know that I do, uh, seventy thousand years ago, the whole entire human population got down to ten thousand people, right? Um, five to ten thousand people. We all come from those people. Uh, you know, so is what which cataclysm is that? You know, yeah. Uh, it's uh, anyway, we got off on cataclysms. Uh, you shouldn't pull my string about cataclysms. <laughs> All right, I shouldn't have, but you know what? It, 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 it ties in because we're going to go, it does again absolutely, with this. Yeah. Uh, it, it really yeah, yeah. does. But let's yeah. go with one more, two more cultures. Wait, mm -hmm. yeah, two more cultures here. So we got, um, I've never heard of these guys before, but they're called the Chibchas, they're in northern. South America, probably about modern day Colombia. Yep. And they have a saying in their culture in the earliest times when the moon was not yet in the heavens. So somewhere in their oral tradition, they yeah. have oh still a memory of no moon. So well, you'd think it'd be a it would be a marker, wouldn't it? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like mm -hmm. one day you'd be cool, and then the next day or whatever, there's a big massive planet in the sky right you know as far as if you, your existence that would be a marker you know what i mean that would be a marker as to say well yesterday there wasn't a moon now there is what is that you know mm -hmm. um and yeah i just the, the timeline's interesting so it yeah is. in the time in, in the time before when there was no moon so that's yeah. like once upon a time once upon a time in the time before when there was no moon it's kind of yeah. like would be a separator like um in our time bc and ad you know mm, absolutely you know? it's I a mean, marker. even, even, it's, be, it's a even a bigger bigger deal because i mean all absolutely. of a sudden you have this glowing thing in the sky suddenly the the oceans and the tides are affected and yeah everything gets moved by it yeah your mood women's menstrual cycles women's <laughs> menstrual cycles you know and it's like you know the i mean that you know just just quickly it's like Oh no no! All the all astrology and all that sort of all that galactic galactic stuff doesn't uh, doesn't affect us. Yeah, cool. Go to an emergency department anywhere on the planet on a full moon or a blood moon or a blue moon and tell the nurses that. Yeah. Right. Yes, you can switch now. Well, 
Yeah, that's right. And um, I just lost the I thought. Should, um, that's okay. So I should say, while well, you've lost your thought, uh, if, if the little interruptions this, these days uh, for this episode, everyone, I do have my fairies in tow, okay? Uh, so, yes, they're, they're in the background of school holidays down under. Um, so, yeah, we're doing this one in the daytime. So I forgive any – if you hear, like, weird, me saying weird things, I'm not talking to Loomis. I'm, I'm not talking to myself. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm a fairy. The, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, no, we were talking about um, – uh, mood affected and oceans being affected, and you know, just the the the, the collateral damage that the moon has. Uh, well, not damage, I suppose, but the influence that it has. Yeah, the influence and, and it, it has. And, and, yeah. and if that was to happen all of a sudden, you, you would definitely use that as a marker, right? Oh yeah, for sure. It yeah. would. It is. It is crazy. Well, let's let's. I I had a thought. I lost it. It's all good. But it's all um, good, man. Sometimes that happens. Here is the big one. And this one sticks with me a lot. And this is the Zulu legend. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. about two brothers, Wawani and Mapanku. And so in this Zulu legend, the moon is hollow. It was brought here by two brothers. Mm-hmm. And their skin was scaly like fish. And they stole the moon from a giant fire dragon. They hollowed it out and rolled it across the sky. And, and it, caused massive cataclysms when it came to this planet so Mm -hmm. they say in their legend the earth was very different before the moon in these days that there were no seasons earth Mm -hmm. stood straight up on its axis so that that's what it would mean basically because that's the tilt that gives us the seasons and then Mm -hmm. the planet was permanently surrounded by a layer of water vapor and Mm -hmm. there was an intense there was no intense glare from the sun before and everything was a watery mist and Earth was a gentle place. And then when the moon came by these two brothers, the water canopy bursted. It fell to the Earth, which could mm. be the Great Flood. Very well could be. And that is where you can really tie that into the moon is hollow and extraterrestrials brought brought it here. You can mm. even tie it into, you know, um, Enki and Enlil in the yes. Sumerian tablets. And, yeah, that you know, reflect, that, yeah, that story reflects... Uh, Sitchin's translation of the Sumerian tablets for sure. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And then, and also that that the in his books, I think the Watchers. That well, that's on several mm. books. That's an Enoch too. But yeah, th- there were Anunnaki watchers. watchers in the space. Well, there's always the, the Watchers. There's always yeah. the Watchers. There's always. I mean, that's you know the the Watchers is. Well, angels are an extension of the Watchers, Loomis. You know what I mean? Uh, the brother and sister gods are an extension of the Watchers. The, you know, the Enlil, the Sumerian traditions, and you know what I mean? The the, the seven sisters and the three brothers that they, you know, they watch mm-hmm. over the planet. You know what I mean? It, it's, you know, the the one thing that people don't want to accept and, and one of the things we've discovered, at, not discovered, but understood here at Unlocking the Code is it's all the same, man. It's all the same story, right? It's just it's just reflected and changed and and manipulated in some cases uh, to suit whatever narrative of the current culture. However, right. this story is the story is the story, man. Yeah. Um. And and part of that story is that some of the planets were not here. Venus wasn't here either. There's a there's a big thing about Venus as well in the, in in Asia, uh, in in the Asian cultures, they talk about Venus appearing in the sky. Um, and and it having an influence over the solar system as well, which it would. Each planet that slots into its uh, rotation would um, would have a, a an influence. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. It would. I remember the thing I forgot now, just, just um, when I went to Machu Picchu, you have this, the temple of the sun at Machu Picchu, but on the top mountain, which I never made it up to, you had to have a special permit. I'd hiked for five days. My legs were, t- my legs were done. Everybody was done, yeah. but you could have paid an extra bit and hiked to the top of the actual little hump you see in most pictures of Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. And that's up there is a temple of the moon. Now mm-hmm. I may not, I may be mistaken on this, but the older megalithic blocks are just on the regular Machu Picchu site where you have the really old craftsmanship. Mm. I don't think on the top of that part with the Temple of the Moon is the same type of architecture. So that it's would not the same. It's not the same it building be, structure. It would be uh, newer than the Temple of the Sun. Mm. But I don't. I'm not positive on that. I'd have to go look more of that up. But mm. uh, it's interesting. So I just had a bit of a thought, and I don't know whether this is I've read this or whatever, but prior to the moon arriving, let's let's just run with that for the second. Mm-hmm. Um and, and yeah, that that whole the earth was surrounded by a vapor. I've heard that as well. Uh because I mean, you know, the, the, well, that, that's a different tack. Let me just is that the oceans, man? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I thought about. Is that water vapor the broken or the oceans, the wa- broken water vapor that surrounded yeah. the planet. Yeah. Yeah. What do we I mean, that's, for? Yeah. That's, that's, you know, the, the one thing that people constantly, you know, it's another one of those ones we don't talk about. We, we know less about our oceans than we do our near earth space, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's another world. Like it, it, it exists in another, it's another dimension. It's another, just another world under there, man. You know I mean? You, you, it's your job to take people in that world. You know what I mean. So it's like you know what it you know probably better than me being where you are. However, you know there's I mean yeah, and you can't leave out. So okay, we want to go the watchers. You want to go people that are watching over the planet. Um, where are all the tic tacs going, man? Where where are all these interdimensional objects going to and coming from? A lot of them are seen over the ocean, right? That's right. Um, yeah. And one of the thoughts we had a little while ago up in the refinery was, let's pretend we are an ancient ancient civilization that's existed on this planet for, let's just for argument's sake, say many hundreds of thousands of years, okay? Then we layer that on top of uh, the multiple cataclysms that we understand that have happened on the surface of the planet in the last two or 300 years, uh, 300,000 years. At what point as an advanced civilization, whether it be hominid or otherwise, okay, because this is a this is just a fantasy we're talking about, okay. maybe, uh, are you going to figure out that living under the ocean is a better idea? Right? Because it doesn't get affected like it does on the surface. Okay. Hmm. You unless you had a rock directly hit the ocean above you, you know, well, you've you've been out in the surf, man. You know, yeah. I've been I've been in the surf where it's ten foot waves. On the surface, you dive down three or four meters or two meters even. It's perfect. Nothing going on down there, right? That's right. So, yeah. So the the ocean is the perfect buffer, right? Yes. Um, and you know where are all the tic tacs going, man? Where are they going? That's right? usually where they see them is is out in the ocean more so mm. than anything else. That's usually the navy. Of course, the Navy could be involved with UFOs. I'm sure that they are. Oh, they most they most definitely are. Yeah, you know, at the highest level. But these are just soldiers seeing them. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, that can go 
that can go a whole different direction too, because mm. I mean, the ocean is just this, this thing we don't know hardly anything about. And especially parts of the world, if you ever take a look at a map, you can see like kind of by Easter Island, but just north of it, there's just an empty space. There's no islands. There's no nothing. I mean, nothing. Yeah. You know, who knows what's over there? I don't even think who knows? you can. Who knows? Yeah. It's international waters. I don't even know what it is, but. So, I don't think it's 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 no man's land basically yeah, that big no expanse of water, it, it you know, I mean, and there's like if you look into the shipping routes and stuff like that, there's weird things with the maps and the shipping routes where where some boats don't go certain ways. You just don't. Yeah, go that's that what way. I mean. Yeah, they don't go yeah. that way. Yeah, you just don't go that way. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's a straight shot. They just don't go that way. Uh, because it's too remote, or you know, and that's in 2022. Like you know the. We're supposed to be the height of, of technology. I think, you know, the one thing is is that the the moon very much affects the oceans as well. I mean, how does that that planetoid, its magnetic field or whatever it does, affects the push and pull of the water on the planet, um, which is just crazy as well. Like, I mean, yeah. I understand the magnetics and the mechanics and the and the light and and all that sort of stuff. I understand. I theoretically understand why it happens, but practically. Again, where do we see that anywhere else? We don't know. We haven't, you know, we haven't been to another planet with water to see whether or not its moons affect uh, its water. You know, yeah, uh, but it certainly does. It does. It certainly yeah. does. Certainly does. Well, I suppose the big question, mate. The big question. I can accept that maybe, maybe I don't know. Let's let's stick on the. We'll we'll come back to. Is it a giant spaceship? But did we go there? Where do you That's sit? That's very good. Yes. Um, you know, I've gone through many stages of this, and I'm sure you have too, but mm. I I got to a point where I'm like, okay, there's so much contradictory information here. Um, I mean, we can get into a little bit of it. I mean, was mm-hmm. it all staged? I mean, it's it's weird that only America has only been to the moon. What, mm. Wouldn't another country want to have claims in it? So, yeah, we've been here. We got this side, you know, like territorial even. Uh you know, and the fact that they stopped after six missions and that yeah. they say we don't have the technology to go back. That's weird. That's it's really weird. weird. And, another, weird. and another thing about it is or it's like, too I mean, expensive. Right. Too expensive. I mean, why would they want to have the ISS in space? Wouldn't they want to have it on the moon where it's a solid mm-hmm. ground where they have to worry mm-hmm. about? That's you know, my issue as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if, and you, another, if you're going to if you're going to explore the solar system. Wouldn't you build a base on a place that has a third of the gravity because you use two thirds of your fuel just trying to get off the planet? Right? Yeah. If you were gonna if you were gonna hop, skip, and a jump, you know, the other thing with me is in this capitalist and materialistic dog eat dog alpha male bullshit society that we've created, how can we not mining the moon? Right. And how come we're not having, like, there's like 17 space agencies or more, like countries, Mm -hmm. like, wouldn't Mm -hmm. Israel and the UK wouldn't have wanted to go up there, Russia, like, somebody Mm -hmm. would have wanted to go say, yeah, we did it too, now what? I don't know, just Mm -hmm. somebody, you know, in this capitalistic mindset. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird, man. It's weird. I mean, so where do you sit? Did we go? Do you reckon we went? Um, I think we did. And and Mm -hmm. I'll show you some stuff at the end of this that will definitely kind of show that but i think we are there as a secret space program and what nasa is is for public consumption i think that when warner von braun and the german nazi scientists took that technology they went underground with it they did their own thing 
like some people like Richard Dolan talks about the breakaway civilization. That's mm. very possible. And that NASA was just for show. And it's just mm. to kind of not to say that they, they don't go into space, but they go into lower Earth orbit and they mm. don't have the technology maybe even to really go past the Van Island Van Allen radiation belt, which is another thing. I mean, does it really exist? Is is it bullshit? You know, I've I've gone on both sides of that. But maybe mm. just to go to the real logistics of the moon landing. Okay, you mm. got the flag waving up there. That's weird. And mm. um, some of the crosshairs on the photos are behind the images, which is strange. Um, mm. You got uh, the lighting, which can be debated. Mm. Um, and just in that little tin can, they went up there and had a conversation with the president of the United States. That's pretty weird, too, if you think mm. about, like, Oh yeah, you can just talk to them from the moon. I mean, and yet our cell phones aren't even that good. Okay, maybe mm. they're hiding our technology and they've had it for a yeah, long time. Yes, yes and no, mate. You're in Hawaii, I'm in Brisbane, and we're we're having a, a direct conversation. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's where where did where was the technology at? Where is it at? Um, was it a different type of technology? Uh a different that you went that we went to the moon with? Um, I think we went there. I think we went there mainly because, look, you can actually point a laser at the moon and bounce it off a reflector that they put up there, right? You can actually do that, okay, mm-hmm. uh, given the right, right, right time and right day, yeah. Um, I think that, see, again, it's it's a bit of a D all the above scenario, right? I think they went there. I think some of the footage and photos that we see are real. I think they definitely staged some of it, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it did get, if maybe the film and stuff did get affected by the magnetic field around the Earth when they when they came back in. Maybe that did happen. Okay, yeah. I mean we know what magnetic fields. Well, we're old. We're both old enough, mate. You know, put magnets next to tapes or you know the three and a half inch floppies and all these sorts of things. Do you? You know, you want to. Mm-hmm. That used to be a bastard thing we do in high school, mate. You run a magnet over someone's disc. I remember, and, yeah. And, yeah. And then the, yeah. the data's gone, right? So, you know, we we have a physical understanding of that happening. Did that happen when they entered into the Earth's magnetic field? Uh, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. But why haven't we gone back? That's weird. Why are we, why are we hop-skipping to Mars instead of – you know, because I mean, I'm in logistics, right? This is the my field was logistics for a long, long time, right? I was the logistics specialist. I'm the, I'm the guy you used to call if you wanted to move something weird from one place to another. Okay, um, logistically, like I say, why aren't we mining the moon? Right, we're we're raping the planet at an accelerated rate. There's, if we are to believe they went there, there's unique minerals on the moon um, that are worth a lot of money to the materialistic culture down here. But also, if you're going to go to Mars, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you bounce off the moon? Okay. Yeah. Why the wouldn't other, you the use other... it as a, as a launching pad? Exactly, right? And, you know, I mean, China's been there five times now, they reckon. China just came back from their fifth trip to the moon. Um, and initially, they released some very interesting photos of the dark side of the moon and stuff like that. Uh, but they've been pretty quiet, obviously, during the – the, the chaos that has ensued the last few years as to what they've seen and what they've found. Um, and the other thing that we went there, because I was trying to think this morning, how many of the original astronauts now have come out and said they saw stuff on the moon? Right? Yeah. Um, beings watching them, 
ships, um, you know, I think all pretty much all the original astronauts from the Apollo missions have now come out and said, yes, we were sworn to secrecy. Um, however, yeah, we saw different stuff. We saw weird things on the moon. Um, and, you know, the, the classic line to that is, oh, they're out of money. They need to make some money. So they're making up a story to, you know, to get paid. Why would you do that? Right. I right. think, I think what, what, what they've seen in the last, you know, five to 10 years is the UFO phenomena or the UAP phenomena coming to the fore. Right. So it's like, oh, this is becoming more mainstream and more accepted. Before I die, I want to say what I saw. Right. And you and you've got all those leaked radios, leaked radio messages and stuff like, oh, they can see us. They're across the canyon. We can see them. Um uh I mean you can get into the actual place where they landed in the Sea of Tranquility, right? Why did they land there? Of all the places yep. they could have landed, why did they aim for that? Um, you know, there's a lot of other places that they could have gone. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like the Mars photos and the moon photos. I mean, we, we, we are also very aware and it's, it's, you know, been said multiple times and multiple people have come out and said that there is entire, uh, departments within NASA and relevant space agencies that are there filtering photos, right? Yeah. They are, they're, they're changing photos. They're, they're manipulating the stock footage before it's released to the public. Well, let's um, get into this guy. In fact, here, this will be a perfect segue to this. And I thought I'd share this anyway. Mm. Um, the guy's name is Carl Wolf. And yeah, um, that's the guy. Yeah, he's, he's one of many, but yeah, I know Carl. Carl's work, he was yeah. the tactical air command at Langley Air Force Base in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And on one mm-hmm. occasion that year, he was assigned to an NSA facility. He thought it was NASA. I can see that, you know, mm-hmm. extra A yep. in there. And he mm-hmm. didn't know that NSA was what it was in 1965. He simply thought he was told it was NASA, but he was at an NSA facility it, uh, to do some equipment repair. So mm-hmm. let me see if I can share my screens for this because I think, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, listen to this guy. He's he's talking about it here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he told me how everything worked. He showed me the equipment where the digital information came in, where it was converted to photographic images. They were doing 35 millimeter strips of film at that time, which were then assembled into 18 and a half by 11 inch uh, mosaics, they were called. There was a digital signature and a grayscale on every 35 millimeter strip. And those, those strips were from successive passes around the moon, and they would take and build up a photograph. They would scan one section of the moon, then another and another, and then they would get a larger image. So this mosaic then would be put in that contact printer, and that was then a print that was issued to whomever, the press, the scientist, whatever, wherever that was intended to go. So he was showing me how all this worked, and we walked over to one side of the lab, and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base on the back side of the moon. And I said, I said, who's? <laughs> what do you mean, who's? He said, yes, there's, we've discovered a base on the backside of the moon. And at that point, I become, became frightened and I was a little terrified, thinking to myself that if anybody walks in the room now, I know we're, we're in jeopardy, we're in trouble, because he shouldn't be giving me this information. I was fascinated by it, but I also knew that he was overstepping a boundary that he shouldn't be stepping over and then he pulled out one of these mosaics and showed showed this base 
which had geometric shapes. There were towers. There were uh, spherical uh, buildings. Uh, there were very tall uh, towers and things that looked somewhat like radar dishes, but they were large structures. So I, um, I didn't say any more to him because I was concerned again that somebody was going to come in at any moment would catch us having this conversation and we would be in, in, in real trouble. I realized that he was telling me this information because he didn't have anybody else to talk to. Now, probably in that laboratory, he was probably one of the few uh, enlisted people and he was a worker bee and he had a high level security clearance, obviously, but he couldn't share that information with anybody else. And in those days we didn't, when you had your security clearance, you took it seriously. It isn't like today where people don't take these things seriously. We had a different set of morals and ethics and values. That's the way we were raised. And we, we stayed bound by those agreements. So it was rare that someone would would do something like this. But this fellow and I were the same rank. I think he he was very distressed. Uh, he he had the same pallor and demeanor as the scientists outside the room. They were just as concerned as he was, and he needed to he needed to discuss it with somebody. So that was the end of it right there. I didn't take it any further than that. I you know I I just filed it away. But the interesting thing. Every day that I went home, I would think to myself, I can't wait to hear about this on the news, you know. And, you know, so I'd turn on the TV and I'd look at the news to see if they're going to announce we've discovered a base on the Exxon Moon, being really naive, you know. And, of course, here it is 30-some years later, and we still haven't heard about it. All right. Well, that gives you an idea of that guy. And that's that's one of many. That's one of yeah. many where they yep. where they where they've talked about bases. They've talked about pyramids. They've talked about um, ships. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't remember. What, I, I had a bit of a don't know what made me think of it. Because I was talking about the ships thing. I used to be. Uh, I used to watch the ISS feed. Okay, I used mm-hmm. to one of the one of the jobs that I had. I had multiple screens, and for whatever reason, I had the ISS feed. I think they were doing a, a mission. It was you know back in early mid 2000s and um i was actually watching the iss feed when they cut it when a ship came up towards the iss and the feed got cut like a like a ufo yeah wow yeah yeah, yeah. i was watching it i was watching it. it was i think what i don't know it was the black knight satellite but it was one of those type things where a different craft came into the uh the iss and i remember sitting in my office and going what is that and then Bang, cuts out, right? And then, like, the next day, oh, the feed got cut, blah, 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 blah. Um, not mentioning the fact that whoever was watching it at the time saw what I saw. Uh, and, you know, there's all that sort of stuff on the moon as well, man. You know what I mean? All, there's, there's, you know, you look at the photos from the moon. There's even, like, because of the telescopes are getting better and, like, you know, I mean, that, that, that you know, just have a look at this is – you know, we'll just go back to that uh, that picture there that, you know, that's my DSLR, my Canon E50D plugged into a $300 telescope, right? Can take a photo like that. I mean, these yeah. these other these other um, uh, telescopes that are they're getting so much better with infrared cameras and all these sorts of things. There's very interesting photos coming off the moon, like there's interesting photos coming off the surface of Mars as well. Um, mm-hmm. And... 
again, if we have an ancient advanced civilization, remembering that in multiple ancient texts, um, particularly the Sumerian one, which is what I'm going to quote now, is that they un- not only did they describe Earth as the seventh planet, okay, which is the only way you get that's coming from outside in, right? Right. Um, but, <clears throat> but they also said that the cataclysm, they knew the cataclysm was coming was so bad that they fled the planet, right? So there's there's an inference in, I mean, you talk about the um, the Vimana Shastras and, you know, there was three or four different types of Vimanas and one of them was a space-faring vehicle, um, if you, you know, to believe the translations there and, and that sort of stuff. There's multiple stories and, and, and uh, legends about men from the stars, right? The, these watchers, these guardians, okay? Yeah. So let's pretend that they're not aliens for a minute and let's pretend that they're, they're Earth, they're from the Earth. So that means their technology, they've understood technology to a point where they're spacefaring. Now, any, spa- any spacefaring civilization that understands any kind of logistics is going to build a base on the moon first, right? That Absolutely. That is what makes sense. You, you, you stock up on the moon and then you bounce from the moon and go from there. Right, I mean, yep. and again, why haven't we been back? Oh, it wasn't commercially viable. No one cared anymore. That's the, that's the, the narrative, right? Nobody However, cared. <laughs> Everybody, um, like we're we're most people would be really into it to see us back there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That well, this this the narrative goes that by like the seventh mission or whatever, the TV ratings had gone down, so it didn't make it. No one cared about the fact. Oh, it was it was old news, which you can see. You know, looking through the lens of how humans behave with media and how we've been, how they've been manipulated, especially over the last few years, you can yeah. see how they would lose interest. Um, however, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about you know when in, in, when the night is dark in in the refinery about you know take all the paperwork and all the information about the the secret space force and the moon bases and you know different entities and and all that stuff right let's take just if you think about all the documentation all the all the military personnel that have come out the legitimate people right you know marines saying that they've had battles on the moon with lizard people and all this craziness right mm-hmm. at utc we work on the 1% rule what if 1% of the thousands of pages of documentation and audio and video and all the stuff that's been done about that, what if 1% is true? What if 1% then, is true? Then you got something to work with. You've got something to work with, man. Then if 1% mm-hmm. is true, then there's a base on the moon. Yeah. Whether it's our base or whether it's an ancient base or or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, if you if the thing is with the, the constant never-ending cycle of news – I don't know. I've sort of manipulated my social media feeds to give me what I want. All right. Cause I, when I realized it was an algorithm. Um, and in the last 12 months, uh, engine technology, fusion technology, energy technology has accelerated exponentially, right? Um, fusion tech, all these sorts of things, right? And if that's yeah. what they're releasing to the public, what is the real deal? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I had a thought the other day about, you know, the oh, no one could keep stealth technology secret. Again, we're both old enough to remember the F-117 Nighthawk, right? right. That, that just appeared. You know what I mean? And that thing was – that looked like a, a UFO to us, if you remember, in the late 80s, early 90s, right? I had pictures of that up on my wall, 
right? Uh, it just appeared, right? The, the Skunk Works and, you know, it's basically considered now that the the X-3B is a triangular spacecraft and they've built one and they've been flying it around. That's that's pretty much accepted now that that's the next right. stealth SR-71, right? I mean, even the B-2, the 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 spirit um or the or the nukes that they used to work on there was like 120,000 uh employees that had to keep a secret mm. and they did you know they signed well, I mean, their, their non-disclosure agreements and you know until they could talk they they didn't talk well as that guy said you know they had different morals different ethics back then they they their belief system was different they they believed that they were um, furthering the the human race, you know, yeah. uh, post World War Two, uh, and they, yeah, the scales hadn't been ripped back off their eyes, right? Whereas, whereas now, I think it's it's gone so far in the other direction where you know, especially after the last three years, I believe nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, really, Espe- especially especially it comes from a state sponsored television, anything to do with corporate, either corporate or state sponsored media. I don't believe any of it. Why should I? Well, that guy, Carl Wolf was, was, um, you know, came from a day when people believed in their country, especially in America, like they believed in their country, you know, especially Mm -hmm. like we're going to the moon, we're going to do big things. And, you know, nowadays I don't think the sentiment's very good, especially in America. And I'm, I I believe in Australia too. People don't Mm -hmm. like the government anymore. It showed it's nasty, evil side. And there's so Mm -hmm. much information going on that, only the people that are on top top spots in these agencies are, are going to know any of this stuff. And everybody else that, that is trying to do it for the greater good, they're not going to get part of it. No, no. So, so where, so where are we at, Loomis? Where are we at? Right. We think we're we're saying that we're saying that we went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we did. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think we went there multiple times, and I think maybe we kept going back. Uh, or the other flip side of that is we went there seven times and whoever lives on the moon told us to fuck off. <laughs> well, well, there I is did. that. No, I know right. this is a little bit like fringe and maybe hard for people to understand, like to believe, mm. but just got to put on a back burner. There's a guy, his name is Jason Rice. And if if he didn't say things that were like truth, I would think that he's a total bullshitter. But he says yeah. that there, there's hardly any real estate left on the moon that when when and when americans went there this is what he says or not americans sorry germans went there early like he's saying like 30s and 40s which is pretty hard to believe but maybe they did have these flying crafts and if they did he's saying that when they went there that basically almost all the land was taken up by other beings and you know uh different agencies and most likely extraterrestrials so it's maybe crazy to think of at first, but maybe that's really how far back it all goes. And we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg when they said mm. in the 60s, hey, we went to the moon. So mm. it's possible. Mm. Well, I mean, again, you know, what the thought thought process I just had then was, I mean, you can't, you know, the Nazis or the Germans were working on uh, UFO, UAPs, uh throughout the 30s and into the 40s. And if you actually look into their research, it wasn't for military purposes. They were they were trying to get into space, 
right? Um, if we, you know, we can't leave old Otis out, old Otis Carr. He's a, he's, we, we love him here at oh, UTC. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he flew a UFO in the early 50s, right? And part of his, after his test flights, his next plan was to fly to the moon and back. Right, so let's imagine for a second now that UFOs and UAPs are real and no one gives a shit that they had recovered these crafts. Right, they had recovered these crafts. Maybe they went to the moon in a in a stolen UFO um, or a borrowed UFO, uh, and they already did the thing. And you know, but then they had to do the mechanical process. I suppose you know, as I say, engine technology and space engine technology has accelerated greatly in the last five years if you if you actually pay attention to the you know popular mechanics and science and engineering and all these sorts of things um you know electromagnetic drives and all this sort of stuff um you know i i wouldn't be surprised if within the next couple of years all of a sudden they're like oh yeah yeah by the way we you know the secret space force we've been working on top secret projects and here's a fleet of spaceships right yeah that we wouldn't be surprised either that we've already had um uh you know, you go back to ancient symbology and culture as well. The moon's very in occult practices and, and and all these sorts of things. There's in these ancient secret societies, the moon plays a big role uh, in all these rituals and all these things that that, that goes on. Sure. Um, and you know, again, logically, if you had an advanced culture that could move three and a half thousand tons stones and put them on top of a hill, I think going to the moon's probably not that, that far out of your um, out of your wheelhouse and the other thing is too these major these major temples and platforms i mean i'm particularly talking about Baalbek now um in sitchin's translation of the sumerian text the reason that Baalbek was such a massive stone platform is that's where they used to land the spaceships man yeah right that's a landing platform which kind of makes sense like why you know the only, why would you build a massive thick platform because whatever you're going to sit on top of it needs that amount of work done to it, right? right? You there know, was it's a, like a, concre- a, UFO it's a concrete slab, over- you know what I mean? There was a UFO that came over us about two years ago, and I didn't get to see it. It was massive, and I got to ask one of the witnesses. I played it on one of my last shows. You know, this guy, he said, yeah, it was right over his head, and it looked like the size of two cathedrals. He said it was so big that it, you know, it was like two sports stadiums and mm. it was right over his head, no wind, nothing. But imagine that thing needing a landing spot. I mean, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Where's it's it going to land? You can't, you can't just, you know, can't land that on a, on a dirt patch. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need some sort of pad to land it on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and underneath a lot of these temples, we find base temples, you know, right. big, thick base temples as part of the megalithic architecture and ancient advanced culture that we see around the planet. Um, you know, I think the the problem is, Loomis, is that we, we just, we ultimately don't know. Uh, however, and unfortunately in the modern society, logic doesn't really exist anymore, all right? It, it, it's, it's, it's narrative now. Um, you know, they can change the meaning of whatever they want now. Uh, and if you think about it logically, uh, you know, and you, and you 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 put together all the information that we have. Maybe there is someone on the moon, mate, or maybe it's oh. made of cheese. You know what I mean? But I mean, but why did they bomb the moon? That's that's the thing too. Like we, we did, we sort of brushed over that. Well, yeah, that's, Look, I know, well, they I, said I know, they were I know, for water. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know yeah. you Americans like bombing stuff, man, but I don't really American count you as American, Loomis, but uh I know you like bombing stuff, mate, but why? So they were trying to they were trying to excite the surface and create water. Is that is that like a, a remote water bore drilling? <laughs> <laughs> just I, I don't bomb at the planet and hope for the it, best. It's a pretty ridiculous way to um, gather water if you think that you could land a craft there. So mm. maybe it was part of some kind of war that we don't know going on. Mm. Here's something I wanted to read real quick just because I yeah, yeah. we were on Give this subject. And this is this is kind of hearsay, but it's, I guess, um, a professor. Let's see. Um, an anonymous professor and Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking. So this is a transcript. This is all we have is a transcript. So let's just say this really happened. I don't know. But Armstrong says, yeah, it was incredible. Of course, we had always known that there was a possibility. The fact is that we were warned. They were ne- There were never any questions about a space station or a lunar city. And then the, the professor says, how do you mean warned? And Armstrong says, I, I cannot go into details except to say that their their ships were far superior to ours in both size and technology. Boy, mm-hmm. where were they big and threatening? No, it's not a space station. And the teacher says, but did NASA have other missions after Apollo 11? Armstrong says, naturally, NASA was engaged at the time. They could not risk panic on Earth, but it really was a quick scoop again and again. And... I guess that that's where it runs out. But interesting, and the guy himself, the first man on the moon, you know, you think he would have been a bigger celebrity, and he just and he died maybe I don't know, like ten years ago, and mm. wasn't even that big of news. And here's the first guy that supposedly set foot on the moon, mm. and he kind of dies without a lot of news, and he was weird about interviews, but. I mean, they were all weird after that. The, the, They're all weird. The, I mean, yeah. yeah, Buzz Buzz Aldrin is obviously the one that is is the prominent astronaut from back then that we still see yeah. in mainstream media. But even he said some cryptic stuff over the years. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. he toes the narrative, and then he just puts in a sentence. I can't remember. There's one in my mind that I can't pull out, but it's like, you know, yeah, da 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 da. da. Oh yeah, we're definitely not alone. But anyway. Um, you know what I mean? Like he just throws out weird sentences every now and again that if yeah, you're paying does. attention, you can you can catch. And yeah, I mean it's 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 such a it's such a mystery. You know, the, it, the fact that it was parked there by some great creator, I suppose, you know, who's playing with the marbles of the solar system, is really the only thing that makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's the only way that it can be so perfect, right? It's yeah. the only way. Um, and the other thing I have about the moon is that you'd think we'd see more rocks hitting it. You would think that, yeah. Right? We don't see impacts, right? If you think about them, the, you know, every year, how many different media showers do we do we pass through, right? I mean, the Torrid media streams twice a year, and that's that's the big one, one of the big ones, right? But there's the Leonids, there's a number of them. Hmm. We don't. Surely we should, you know, the amount of time that we've both studied the moon, Loomis, and looked up, you know, observing the moon over the, over our lifetimes. I've never seen anything hit the moon. No. Right? How many shooting stars are you seeing? Right. And there's a there's some great telescopes, like you're saying now. There's a guy that you might be familiar with. Um, his name's Bruce Sees All. I don't know if it's a YouTube channel you may have come across. Mm. But he no, studies the moon with a, a really good camera on a really good telescope. 
And when you actually look up in, in his, through his lens, the, the moon has more purples and greens than you would ever yeah, yeah, think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing is, is, well, okay, this guy, sometimes I think he's seeing things that aren't there. He's like, oh, hey, yeah, look at this. This a, is some tubes. And, you, that is you know, problem, like, yeah. okay, well, I guess I can see that, but I could also mm. not see that. So mm. you just take him with a grain of salt. But the, the footage is good, and it's worth watching him just for the footage, whether mm. his uh, speculation is good or not. But, um, mm. Mm. you know, it's just it, – it, it's we don't know any more than we can't, we can't know anymore. But if you put all this together, everything we've talked about, how the moon was formed and – all the things that well, I'm going to show you some videos here in a minute. But yeah, just thinking, sure. like how how do, it it makes more sense to be a hollowed out craft than it does to be just about anything else, and mm. and that we're using it for, or maybe not us, but some uh, someone, AP, somebody's someone. using it. Yeah. That's for sure. And that guy, I mean, yeah. by the way, who we I just played a little bit ago, he was yeah, struck yeah. by a tractor trailer on his bike in 2018 and killed. Of course, so, he was. Yeah. Yeah. A truck you know, randomly ran him over. It was uh, so yeah, yeah. The, I mean, these guys all, and this is the other problem too, right? You layer that over, okay? Any of these people that have come out about secret space programs and you know choose choose your narrative about the moon or secret space programs. This is the same bunch of people that you know shoot themselves with a shotgun in the head twice, or they they crash <laughs> in with the one tree. There's one tree within five miles, and they hit it square on. You know what I mean? Like that the, that has happened to a lot of these people. So you, you can't not take that into account. It's like, well, if they weren't onto something, then why were they, you know, why did Hillary Clinton get involved? It's 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 weird. It's weird. The moon is weird, right? It it, it just is. And you know, uh you, if you yeah. blindly believe, then yeah, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Like what what are we doing here? What do we got here? Yeah. All right. Let's check you it out. Sound? Right. You going to put this sound is, on or we just um does it have sound? Yes, here it is. All right, go. check this out. So those of you that are only listening, which is everybody pretty much, mm. this is zeroing in on the moon from somebody with a pretty damn good camera, but uh, we watch is, here. Is there commentary? Oh no, he's zeroing no. in, right? No, no commentary. No. We'll be the commentary. Yeah. yeah. Look on the so top it's a there. daytime. Yeah, there you go. I've, oh, yes, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is There's that? Two two crafts. One two crafts, smaller yeah. one coming out of a bigger one, yeah. hovering right above it. Yeah, and this is done during the daytime as well. Yeah, yeah. The, um, you can see clouds passing by here. Yeah, yeah. The the other issue I have, Loomis, is like okay, so this is done in the daytime, wherever it is. Mm -hmm. What's the other side of the planet seeing? Is that no moon that day? Right, because they're seeing the same side that we see. Right. So when there's a daytime moon, which is the same side that we see, yeah, what's happening on the other side of the planet? Right, because the other one theory that we didn't get to was the holographic moon. Right, it doesn't oh, actually right. exist. It's a projection. Oh, it's a projection yeah. off the off the turtle's back on the flat Earth, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And the space is fake. Well, we kind of went into that already. Yeah, we already did space with those guys, right? David, David, and uh, Josh. Um, mm -hmm. Which, which is a good one to get into. But, Absolutely, that was a good one. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, there is so many people to distrust NASA, which I get. They lie, and it's good to distrust every government organization in your life. Yeah, don't but, don't trust but, any of them. But then, if you 
distrust everything does that mean that space is fake it's just like a real big jump to go from okay yeah okay we didn't go to the moon so space is fake like everything's fake. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. what are we what are we actually doing here yeah i mean yeah look you lose me with space is fake with all the um all the uh all the alignment the megalithic alignments around the planet and stuff like that absolutely um, and and if i hadn't if i hadn't actually watched a friend attempt uh a thousand meter shot with a rifle and watch him take into account the earth's gravitational pull and the and the and the rotation as well. Um, you know, like those are calculations you have to make at that distance. So that's you know, anyway. That's we'll, right. There's a whole episode on space is fake. Check the back catalogue on both Chan It Down and Unlocking the Code. Uh yep. before we tangentize. What well, you got another video? What is this more yep. David White? Oh, this, and this, Josh is, this is but yeah. This is another yeah, David one. David White and Josh Yeah. Is that the um, one? This is one coming out of the crater. Is this this one? This is the best part uh, of the year. The world of tanks. Why has there got to be an advertisement? It's a world of tanks. The okay. Oh, Arnie's Arnie's even. She's Arnie sold out. <laughs> world of tanks. <laughs> All right. So here we got the moon. Here we go. And another got moon. Two ships on the right two side. Two ships on, on the right side. Coming there, in. Yeah. Making and shadows. even shadow shadows yeah. on the moon. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. And then they're going over the. In, into Park. the dark side, and then oh, there's a bottom one down. There's a third oh, one down below. Third there. one, yep. Yeah. Here's a close up. That's a better one. Right. And they actually create shadows on the moon. Right. So that you means they're close craft. to it. So it's not they're a close hologram. No. No. It's they're actually clear. They're, they're they're skimming the surface, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and then they go to the dark side of the moon. They almost look like discs there. And see you later. Yeah. But think how and big think, they must be. Yeah. I mean, oh, here we go. It's white skull. White skull. They look disc shaped, don't they? If you look at the reflections and stuff, they almost look disc shaped. They do, almost. and then they're kind of pencil shaped too. Yeah, sort of cigar, oh. round, circular shape. Not, not yeah. like big tic tacs, big tic tacs. You'd say. Mm -hmm. And again, this these are this is not, you know, this is there's plenty of these videos. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know that we see uh, around everywhere. Okay, uh, and these they're, they're not. We have another thing. Here's one more. What do we got here? Oh, okay. So the surface of the moon. This is really, yep. There's this another shadow, too. Another shadow. Oh, well, no, a, bunch. a group there's of a whole them. fleet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fleet. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing, too. We see a fleet. Uh, we see fleet of objects. You know what I mean? Um, again, okay. So what if all the footage, so how many videos we looked at today? Half a dozen videos. What if one of those is true? Right. Mm -hmm. The rest is fine. We'll, we'll say the rest is computer-generated stuff. I don't yeah. think so. I think that's a lot of legitimate footage. However, what if one of those things is true? That changes the entire narrative of everything, right? There's Absolutely. Ships on the moon, they're traveling around the moon, uh, they're landing on the moon, they're disappearing under the dark side of the moon. Um, you know, I think the, you know, and I had a bit of a thought when you were talking about, you know, these guys that, they, they monitor the moon and they're taking photos of the surface with their cameras and telescopes and all this sort of stuff, right? And it's sort of with like the photos from Mars. I reckon maybe one or two out of every 20 or 30 photos that I see, uh, and like all these people, oh, yeah, it's a structure and it's this. And I'm like, you know, is it? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm fairly critical about that stuff. Same here. But there's one, one or two photos out of every 20 or 30 that I go, okay, now you've got my curiosity. Right there's there's something there that looks like uh, a cut block, or it looks like a, a, a structure, or it looks like a, a something. 
You know what I mean? Um, it's fascinating stuff, man. I, it sure is. I, I wonder, you know, with the ongoing chaos and, and the never-ending endless distraction and, you know, we sort of we, – we seem to do these conversations to escape the conversations we have before we hit the record button, right, because it's <laughs> – the, the darkness is real. However, I think this is the fun stuff. This is the fun stuff. I think I think the overall truth of what is actually going on, I think even we aren't fully aware. Right? No. That's how different it is and how, how weird it is. Um yeah, it is it is weird. It is but the thing is is we don't know we don't know um we're just gathering slivers. We're giving little bits and trying to put together a puzzle. These are puzzle pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we, we had a, a big enough picture, I think we have a big enough picture to say that whatever they're saying to us is definitely not true. And that yeah. we know. And that yeah. it's a busy spaceport up there, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking it about does the ISS footage. Yeah. We're looking at yeah. this footage. We just saw the moon. Um, mm-hmm. There's countless whistleblowers i didn't even mention donna Hare, who was also yes. someone who was involved in um she's a photo she's is she, photo she buffing. The, yeah she was the photo buffing yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and she came out and said she saw yeah she saw dark side of the moon she saw pyramids she saw all sorts of stuff all sorts yeah. of stuff it's and, and you know again what if one percent of what she's saying is true okay let's mm-hmm. discount it for the normies out there what if Five percent is what she's saying is true. Then the entire narrative and the entire world and everything we understand about it changes. Everything, you know yep. what I mean. And then, and how do you then process that through your through the lens? I think. Look, I mean, we're seeing cognitive dissonance on an extreme scale right now, aren't we? So, you know, the the average human uh, just wants to believe what they're told, right? I That's think right. Um. Yeah, I mean the. Oh, it doesn't really. I, I just. I, I had a thought. I was like, you know, it, it seems like they are the leftovers of the alien slave race. You know, what I mean, it's like some of the humans, right? Whereas there's some of us that think critically and observationally. And you know, when you look at the moon, if if you can't at least ask questions as to why it matches the sun perfectly, um, and start there, right? Uh, and you know, it's the same with any of these rabbit holes, Loomis. Where we end up, nobody knows. Okay, you know, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, me and you were just two weirdos that found each other in the darkness, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. You know, but that's we've gone over some pretty good stuff. If you think about, like, most people don't think about all these tales of when the moon didn't exist, the origins of the moon, what it is today in our present culture and what they're trying to tell us doesn't line up. So I think that gives the people a picture that there's a lot to work with. We may not have the answers, but we have more answers than academia and the system has to give you. That's for sure. Well, the problem is, is that with any of these, these rabbit holes, Loomis is that um, it's just more questions, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I think, you know, we, we've shared a knowledge base now and I think, you know, take some time. Next time the moon comes into your neighborhood, take some time. Have a look at it, right? Just just sit up and 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 stare at it and and contemplate its uh, its existence because it's an odd existence. It doesn't make sense as far as other planets that we understand its size, its composition. Um, and, you know, and the other reason, you know, if it was hollow, 
that's the reason it stays that far away because it doesn't have the density to actually fall into the planet, right? Mm, that's uh, a good one, yeah, yeah. Um, however, the I was thinking too just before we 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 log off that the um, what they're finding now with these external scans that they're making of the planet with lidar and penetrating radar and stuff like that, the Earth's pretty hollow too, man. Right? Mm -hmm. They're finding cavities and and all these massive cavities under the planet that they didn't think existed. Because again, it's all just a theory, right? That that sliced Earth that you see in a geog uh, geology book is just a theory. We don't actually know that. Uh, like the magma and then you know the crust and then the magma and the da 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 da. That's it's just a theory, man. You know, there's 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 that's we don't know. You know, the deepest we've drilled into the planet's like twenty six kilometers, aren't we? Twenty six thousand kilometers wide or some ridiculous number. So, right. you know, it's we like not know. even no, we don't know, right? We, we, we don't just know. don't know. Somebody and knows think, more than us, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my, well, well, brother, I I think um, it's a good place to. It's a good place to end because yeah. we don't know, right? I think, you know, I, I, I think I identify as a sophomaniac and I think you do as well, mate, which is someone that has the delusion that they're intelligent because <laughs> we don't but know, hey, right? We, I think we got good pattern recognition and we are right. covering yeah. humanity's blind spot. So that's a yes, good thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, we have we have a critical and observational eye, right? Yeah. I mean, and and that's – and it is pattern recognition. I think you're right there. I think that's that's the big point, right? Is that mm. both me and you and 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 some of the other the the fine boys and girls that we surround ourselves with in our little podcasting community. I think one of the things we all have is pattern recognition. You can sift through a lot of data, and you know, pick up the the the, the recognition points, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you join the Zulu and Asian culture? Right, they both talk about times when the moon and planets in this in the solar system didn't exist. Right now, if you don't, if you're not open to every single perspective, you're going to miss that dot. Right, it's just, it's the yeah. same with the the cyclopean walls. It's the same with the, you know, the, any of this research, mate. It is about pattern recognition. However, it's also about having the honesty and the integrity at the end of the day to go. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. The more you find out, the more you don't know. Exactly, mate. You know, what I like to say is like, you know, we're both on LCD screens right now. You know, me and you could wax lyrical and have wax lyrical this year uh, on a number of topics, right? But mm -hmm. we only have one pixel of knowledge, mate. That's it. Yeah. Right? What just we like, know in that. Just like it. I can see into your place a little bit and you can see into my place a little bit, but there's a whole bigger picture behind both of our screens. That's, That's right, it. mate. That's right, man. Well, mate, hey, just yeah. uh, as we're as we're wrapping up for the year, uh, it's been awesome to connect with you this year, brother, man. I, yes. I, I've really truly appreciated uh, your time and 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 your knowledge, and uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that we've both expanded each other's platforms and uh, each other's knowledge bases. And thank you very much, man. I, I really appreciate yeah. it, and uh, and I look forward. Yeah. We we've got other projects we've got to do, mate. But unfortunately, we are we are material girls in the material world. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> yes it's, no it's been really good to connect with you because um we have very similar uh interests that and and then our fan bases have come together and you know it's just more for everybody it's great it's yeah absolutely good. man and yeah. in fact you know this has been the year i've been able to connect with a lot of cool people but um yeah you're one i've always come back to and done more and more of this because it's just we like it it's great so, yeah, it's fun conversation, yeah. man, and, and and we uh, we compliment, and but we also understand, like again, you know, when you when you meet someone of a like mind, you know, myself and Loomis, just so the listeners understand, 
we've talked off the mics as well, right? It's not like we've just been it's all been podcasting and you know, we've we've been had the ability to say difficult things to each other and okay, yeah, I'll take that perspective in. I don't know about that. And that's what it's about, everyone, right? Mm-hmm. It's about being able to share perspectives openly without that Loomis knows he can say anything to me and I know I can say anything to Loomis. And we're not going to judge. We're going to take that in. We're going to percolate it. And we still might not agree at the end of the day, but that doesn't matter. Uh, and, you know, I think that's, you know, making connections and 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 talking with people is very important, man. And I, and I really appreciate, uh, I've appreciated the developing the friendship that we had the last year, man. And I look forward to continuing our work in the future. Yeah, me too. Well, everyone, have a great uh, holiday season. And mm-hmm. uh, we... We'll be connecting again with more swap casts and really interesting discussions. Maybe we'll find out more about the moon. And But until we do, until next time, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I think that was good. It was pretty thorough from what we can gather, you know. I didn't talk about the lunar wave, and that takes this work in another direction, but doesn't negate what's been said already on this show and i think it's something to look into i mean is space liquid or are we looking at shock waves coming from incoming meteors are we looking at things we just don't have any idea of technologies you know it's the problem is is when you can't trust what they're saying it's easy to make things up Especially if the answers are easy to come by already, it's been laid out for you. I love asking questions about everything, but if you're new to the perspective of truth and trying to figure out this world and seeing the world with new eyes, it's easy to follow rabbit holes that have been laid there that are actually psyops to divide people, just like Flat Earth and all that stuff I've talked about. You know, um, listen, I've been looking at this type of information for 23 years, and I still don't know. But we must consider everything and don't just write off everything. The world is more nuanced than black and white, and it's better to look at things with a lot of a lot of different perspectives. We really don't know anymore by putting that into the equation, so look at it all. Support, support both of our shows. Uh, Chant it down and unlocking the code. Don't forget about my Patreon-only channel or show Afterthoughts. Comes out once a month. And this will be one of the last broadcasts of the year. I got two more. One will be a live stream. What happened to Cobalt Blue Scott? It's about chemtrails, a very thorough explanation. And if you're listening to this in December of 2022, if you want to keep it, catch it live, check it out on my Instagram and Telegram channels. I'll update you for that. That'll probably be the last broadcast of the year. If you enjoy the show, please help support ChanitDownRadio.com, support Triffin, and unlocking the code. This is a continuation of Swapcast that I hope you've been enjoying. So much love, you guys. Be a warrior, not a warrior, and take it all in and just see what can happen. Much love. Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Channel Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole, cause what you see real life, you're watching this world unfold, the truth beneath the lies, rekindling what's been stole, the need to free one's mind, uncover the truth exposed, so people
people see the light. Let's shut it down so we can know. It's simple, we just break it down a little bit so we can process all. Make the switch to elevate yourself to conscious mode. And it's beneficial, we can get this concept rolling. Get the future generators want to start the whole thing. With the message in this city, we can start a post. Taking in the simulator and getting lots of numbers. Waking up the population, try to stop hypnosis. Shh.